What we are doing in these few weeks, so last week and this week, this Sunday and next two Sundays, until we go to the retreat, is we are um, sort of prepping, preparing ourselves and learning more about what it means to uh, practice resurrection, which is what we had coming from uh, second, uh, studying the uh, first Corinthians, practicing resurrection. And, and having resurrection and practicing resurrection, believing in resurrection is to talk about life. And I had a conversation with Steve. I had to drop Steve off at the airport. And, um, and this is the day after his brother-in-law. So Kathy's brother, Jose, who is um, in his 60s and you know has children, who is a uh, PhD, who is a professor at a university. And, and he has finally accepted Christ. And with very unique situation where other people came and he's answer his question now is you know i want to believe what you believe i want to have the hope that you have enjoy the that you have so and i talked to steve and i you know mentioned him it sounds like everything's changed and here's the man in deathbed right woman pretty much knows that he's dying and the whole time it was about death and what are we going to do how do i not get to death and now the conversation is not about death conversation is about life he's talking about tell me about this life in Jesus tell me about this Jesus tell me about who gives life tell me about eternity tell me about resurrection so Kathy's reading him the gospel of John he's asking questions to anybody who comes across he's asking questions about Jesus he's asking questions about life right? and he's calling his son and you know children and telling them about life this man dying, but his conversation, his mind and thoughts and everything is about life. And that's what resurrection is. It turns our focus of death into life. And that's, he's experiencing it and he's saying, I'm, I, I may just have two months to live out this life in Christ, which is resurrection. And he's going to have an eternity. We, most of us, have you know, 60 plus years to live this life. And our life can be about life, about resurrected life, to experience the resurrection of Jesus. And that's what this is about. When we're talking about life with God and what we're going to do, we're talking about what we do in life, like what we do as Christians, follow of Christ. When we're talking about life with God and this formation and practices, we're talking about inspiration. Like, why do, why do you do what you do? Like, why do you go to church? Why do you serve in, through young life? Why do you help people? Why do you love on people? Why do you forgive people? What is your inspiration? And at, at times, we do it on our own strength, but pretty much it runs out. Our own strength and efforts runs out. The only inspiration we can have that is lasting and perfect is being with God. Life with God. That's why this is so important. And that's why... The church has forgotten about this and walked away. That's why people are burned out. People are living double life, fake life. <laughs> I'm connecting it, right? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> because they haven't been with God. So you do, you continue to do what you do, being committed to the community, committed to the serving and reaching out. But you need inspiration. You need breath. You need air energy to do what you do and that is to only way is to be with God and that's what we are going to engage in that's what we're going to do so let me go ahead and 
review what we went through last week. We talked about principles. We talked about ten principles. And you can go in and read this through. You know, from four Christian formation and practice. That's the word that we're going to coin. We're going to coin this Christian formation, not spiritual formation. And we're going to coin this not spiritual discipline, but Christian practice. Because it's not any other spiritual thing. This is very much Christian. And it actually works out perfect. When we say Christian formation, Christian basically means Christ-like. So it becomes Christ-likeness, formation, and Christ-like practice. Right? So that's what we're calling it. And also, discipline has <coughs> negative connotation. It's like you either have discipline or you don't have discipline. But practice means that this is something you do. This is something you carry on. So you look at this, you know, the principle number four, Christian formation and practice helps us to learn to notice God. The first and foremost place to notice God is the Sabbath and community of His people. This is where it happens first. This is the practice that is foremost important, right? Uh, Christian formation and practice happens around the word and prayer. We're going to talk about the part that is about the prayer. And we'll cover the uh, part that's about the word of God in, the, uh, in week four, which is the uh, Sunday before the retreat. Seven, Christian formation is not something we set up or master. It's not out of our control. Uh, Christian formation and practice has a rich tradition. Next week, I'm going to tell you some of the famous, some of the uh, the fathers, saints, that took on and really established tradition. And we're talking Benedictine, we're talking Ignatius, we're talking St. Patrick, we're talking uh, St. Francis. Uh, this Franciscan tradition, Ignatius tradition, uh, tradition, Benedictine tradition, St. Patrick tradition. So we're going to talk about that. I'll teach you a little bit of it because there's so much you can go into. But know that we have deep root in this thing that we can learn from. Number eight, nine, Jesus is the best model of Christian formation and practice. Number ten, Christian formation and practice is for all seekers and believers. And we talked about this last week, right? It's not, you know, just for experts. We believe, like everything else in this world, we think that everything has experts and we leave even our Christian formation to experts. Experts can, you know, take care of this. Right? I share that Eugene Peterson said, we have stopped dealing with God personally because there are so many competent people to do it for us. Right? That's not why I'm here. You do your own soul work through the Holy Spirit. You are capable. You are competent. You are able to. Right? So Christian practice and formation, anyone can do it. Everyone has, uh, God has enabled and empowered us to do it ourselves. Now, out of these ten, the first three are the most important, which I'm going to reiterate over and over and over. Because these three are what makes our formation and practice Christian. And that is, number one, the result of Christian formation and practice is the lives formed by the Holy Spirit. That's what happens. Christian formation is lifelong formation of life of Christ in us. That's what happens as a result. Right? Christian practice is lifelong practice necessary for transformation, for formation. So we need to understand what is our result that we're looking, what's going to happen, right? Number two, the goal of Christian practice is to encounter and engage God. That's the goal. Everything else we do, we're going to do like exercises and practice. That's the means to an end. The end is the goal, and which is the presence of God. 
which is life with God. That's the difference, right? Everything that we're looking for, our end goal is the presence of God. What is God's goal for us? To be with Him. What is our desire, deepest desire? What is our deepest desire? To be with God. To be in the presence of God. That This is where our desires of God and ours meet. We find ourselves in the presence of God and that is our goal. Number three, in Christian formation and practice, God is the host and the sole provider. This is really important. And I reiterate that more as we talk about the prayer, there's nothing we can do. We can't master it. Nothing we can really get out of it. We just receive. Because God is the host and the only host. Always the host. And always the provider in our formation and practice. We're never in charge of it. We can't force it to happen. We basically enter in and God transforms us. So those three things, keep that in mind as we go forward. And we're going to talk about prayer. And this is what I ended last week. That we have to acknowledge the need. That our greatest need and desire is the presence of God. And I told you that in the Lord's Prayer, the center of Lord's Prayer is what? Who was here last week? Center part of the climax of Lord's Prayer is the main part. The bread. Give us our daily bread. Daily bread is bread of life. You almost had it, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> daily bread is the bread of life. When Jesus says, "Give us." our daily bread, he means himself. We need daily the presence of God. And the problem is, we don't see this need. Because we haven't experienced this need. And we want to enter into experiencing, so we become, we become desperate of it. And so we're always engaging. This becomes our practice, our life, the way of life for us. We're going to learn more about um, what this whole arena of spiritual formation or Christian formation is all about. Why did... And, you know, uh, another uh, writer, writer um, I went blank, I don't know, I can't remember his name, but one of the writers is a well-known writer, a Christian writer, he said, you look at people, the secular people, and they follow, they're really excited about like Buddhism, but not so much about Christianity, right? And the survey has asked them, why, why do you find Buddhism so interesting and not Christianity? They're like, ew, Christianity. Because they see Christianity as system of rules, right? System of beliefs. <coughs> so these are the things they say. They say, well, Christianity is all about this belief system, but Buddhism is way of life. We need to... That I'm not saying that's true. <laughs> what we need is to show the people, we need to live our lives so that people see that our faith is our way of life, not just about system of beliefs. And that is to be engaged in Christian formation and practice, that we're living out the presence of God, we're practicing resurrection. So people see us, not just believing these things and having rules, but we are engaging. We are being in the presence of God. 
Okay, so we're going to jump into prayer. This is not a preaching time. This is not sermon. This is more like, um, I don't know, lecture or seminar type. So feel free to um, stop me and ask questions. Okay, so this isn't where I preach and teach, but it's more of a, a seminar time. So let me pray and we'll get to know this thing. I'm really proud of this. So, all right, here we go. Let's pray. Father, we pray that your spirit will stir our hearts in wonder and awe of what could it mean to find ourselves in your presence and how thirst quenching that might be. As we study this, help us to be excited, help us to be hopeful that we can engage in this and we can receive the, your presence and we can be transformed. We pray that your spirit will give us knowledge and wisdom to understand. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, this is awesome. <laughs> and what you see on the left side is stage of faith. Remember, a year ago, we were at the retreat and we went through uh, different stages of faith. Uh, stage one is what? Those of you remember? Stage one is recognizing God. This is a, someone who's not a believer, who realizes there is God, there must be God, I see God, I kind of understand there must be God. But there's a lot of challenges. Stage two is what? Learning about, learning about God. Stage two is they move on from the just recognizing God. They want to know more. So they're learning. They're engaging in a lot of learning. And a lot of people are in this stage of learning. Stage three is what? Productive life. Stage three is where people have learned enough, know enough, um, and they're, more, they're really devoted into serving, sacrificing, giving, Right? Working in ministries, right? That's stage three. Stage four is what? Stage four is when people have served and they have hit the wall and they said, whoa, I have more questions. That has <laughs> And they're struggling, right? That's stage four. They're looking in themselves, they're struggling, and they're in struggle, um, trying to figure out what did all this mean, right? Stage five is what? journey outward and stage six is life of love stage five and six is in the maturity where they have asked questions they don't know all the answers but you're okay with it and you live in the presence of god you're being transformed everything you do is loving others and loving god and at stage six you have reached the maturity where all of all about you is love is being like christ you have really taken on the likeness of christ so we know these stages now there are Stages of prayers. Right? Why not? Right? Stages of prayer. And this would help us. You know, that's my hope. My hope is that this would help make sense of prayer life and give a map to understand where you are and where you're headed. When you get to the retreat, we're going to do an assessment uh, for yourself to understand, how do I understand prayer? Where am I in my prayer life? Right? To help you understand where you are. But why the stage? This stage is not so that you can attempt to go, I want to move from stage 1 to stage 2 as quick as I can. That's not why these stages are there. It's not to be competitive about it. It's to see how God is working in my life. You realize, this is how God is working in my life. This is what God is doing. This is where I am. And that's all there is. These stages are to see how God is working in my life of prayer and how God can work further in my life of prayer. 
the I really love this quote. Um, this is the book that I um, basing a lot of this is by Mark Thibodeaux, Dukes and uh, the book is called Armchair Mystics. And here's his definition of prayer. You have it on the bottom of your sermon note. His definition of prayer is prayer is defined as recognition of God, transformation by God, and union with God. And uh, I'll go through more of that. That's the definition of prayer. And he has given us these four stages to, to understand what prayer prayer uh, prayer is. So let me use his the metaphor that he has used to understand the stages of prayer. Now, I want to use, I guess, like, uh, he talks about having a child and having an aunt. In his book, he called it Aunt Sally. That's very white, Southern American. <laughs> we want to say, like, Uncle Benny, <laughs> or Uncle Carlos, and uh, Little Jose, or Uncle Benny and Little Jackie, okay? We'll, we'll go with that. Uncle Benny, right? You got Uncle Benny... Because a lot of you are Chinese. And uh, you got little Jackie. So here's how it goes. Little Jackie is four years old. right? And if you ever met child, it's like this. Little Jackie is four years old. And he meets Uncle Benny. And Uncle Benny is sweet. right? And so little Jackie's mom comes, say hello to Uncle Benny. So little Jackie says, hello Uncle Benny. Oh, yeah. And say, say tell Uncle Benny how old you are. And little Jackie will say, I am four years old. Good. Now, now sing this song. See the little teapot song, or you know the clap your hand thing. And so, okay. And you know, Uncle Benny's sitting, and little Jackie is singing this song, doing this motion, right? Okay. Now tell Uncle Benny that what you like to do, you know. And I don't know. And Mango's boy, you like to play with Legos. So tell Uncle Benny you like to play with Legos. So he's talking. At, stop looking at my notes. <laughs> He's talking at Uncle Benny, right? Little Jackie's talking at Uncle Benny. He doesn't all have the capacity to speak his own mind. So that's little Jackie. And now little Jackie grows, grows up a little, you know, older. And little Jackie is like 8 years old, like Hannah, or 10 years old. Now he's able to talk on his own. And his world is all about him. You watch little kids... That little kid is the world evolves around it. He's the center of the world. So the little Jackie goes and meets Uncle Benny. Uncle Benny comes over and little Jackie loves to tell Uncle Benny about what happened at school, everything that he's doing. So he tells Uncle Benny all these things that happen, right? Non-talk, non-stop talking. That's how kids are in this age. They stop non-talking. Everything that has happened and you have to listen. So Uncle Benny is really sweet and nice. So Uncle Benny listens to little Jackie and he nods. He says, uh-huh. oh, really? Oh, that's terrible. Oh, that's great. And as he hears, Uncle Benny try to tell little Jackie a few things. You know, I've done that and this happened. But little Jackie is not interested in what Uncle Benny has to say. It kind of he just kind of blows it off and he's more into telling Uncle Benny about what I experienced, what I want to tell you, my stories. So Uncle Benny understands and Uncle Benny just listens. And little Jackie just talks and talks and talks. Now little Jackie grows up a little older and he's in 14, 16 in high school. And he comes 
to Uncle Benny, and Uncle Benny has gotten really old, and Uncle Benny moved in, like many Chinese homes, move in to your home because he's old, and your uh, Uncle and uh, Little Jackie's mom and dad are t- taking care of Uncle Benny. So he sits with Uncle Benny, and Little Johnny realized that, you know, Little Jackie realized. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Benny has some really, really great stories. So, little Jackie, not so little anymore, so Jackie would go, Uncle Benny, tell me the story that you told me before. Tell me about this. Tell me about that. And he loves to sit by Uncle Benny and listen to Uncle Benny's stories. He has some stuff that he has, he has questions on. He tells Uncle Benny what had happened, but and he, he's interested in hearing what Uncle Benny has to say about these things. He wants to listen to Uncle Benny because he has a wisdom, he realized. It's not all about me. I can get good things. And Uncle Benny has gotten much older and he can't really talk so much so well. He can move so well. And the relationship has deepened. And Jackie's known Uncle Benny all his life. And so Jackie goes to Uncle Benny and they don't really need to talk. Uncle Benny just holds Jackie's hands, and they just sit together. And they just stay together. And they just be with one another. And Jackie will go away from life, and Jackie can tell you that my most fondest memory with Uncle Benny was when I just visited him and just sat with him. And we didn't need to say anything. We just knew each other. That's like prayer because that's relationship right prayer is what happens in relationship prayer progresses and matures as relationship matures it grows as the relationship deepens and matures it's so much more deeper than we know the problem is most of us are it's the fault of the church from I'll tell you more about that later. But fourth of the church, only thing that we have learned about prayer is intercessory prayer. Like we do, the community prayer, that's the only thing we know. And we feel guilty if we're praying for ourselves. Like, I shouldn't just pray for my needs. I want to pray for others. So all we know is intercessory prayer. But prayer goes so much deeper because it's about relationship. And these stages indicate the depth of relationship. And relationship takes effort and time. So these are the stages. So let me tell you, go through these stages, and you can kind of refer back to the story I told you about little Jackie and his growing relationship with Uncle Benny. So stage one is talking at God. This is Jackie when he's like four years old, right? This is what we do. This is a very initial stage of practice where we sit by the bed. We don't really know much about God, but this is even the same for non-believers. You don't know about God, but you kind of seek God and you sit by the bed and God, whoever you are, this is, you know, I don't know how to do any prayers, but I want to say something and this is what I heard on TV or in the books or something, right? You remember something that you were taught and you say. Um, So examples of these prayers during the talk, this stage is the written prayers, Recited prayers and mantra and songs and memorization of scriptures. Right? Because we have not yet the capacity of have conversation on our own. We just know what to say by being told what to say, just like little Jackie was. So here are the challenges in these stages. 
Challenge number one. But doesn't God already know? Do I need to say anything? Doesn't God already know? But here's the thing. Even though God knows everything that's in our heart, it still needs to be said. Because it's a relationship, right? Relationship. Something needs to be said. Married couple, I don't need to tell Esther I love her. But it still needs to be said. Because it's relationship, right? So it's not, in this stage, our prayer is not about giving information. But it's the act of love. It's simply an act of love by engaging in this act. Challenge number two. But I I don't understand what I'm saying. If you're in this stage, and people in this stage really don't know what they're saying, right? You say the the prayer, you sing a song. If you're not yet a believer, I don't understand what I'm saying. And here's the thing. Just like Jackie, in this stage, I don't have the capacity to sustain conversation with God. But again, what we say on is important. It's the expression of our intent to be in relationship with God that's important. By saying it, we're saying these things. We're saying, I don't know what I'm saying. I don't understand, but I want to say it because it is in my intent to be in relationship with you. So when we say these things, these prayers, and we don't really know what we're saying, we're saying... I'm saying it, even though I don't understand, because I want to be in relationship with you. That's the intent here. Okay, challenge number three, there's no magic here. So we're talking about the written prayers, like ancient prayers, Hail Mary, and all this stuff, and scriptures. There's no magic in them. We need to understand there's no magic in them. These are um, these, these are words of prayer that's been passed on. We'll talk more about that. Challenge number four, no one's keeping a score. Saying that these just because you say more often, do more often, memorize more doesn't mean anything. So this stage is just saying what we have been taught, just like little Jackie. So we have written prayers that we say, we have scripture, we have songs that we sing along. These are prayers in stage one. We're talking at God, not necessarily knowing what we're saying, but we're saying it as an expression of our intent for the relationship. Now, relation to the faith stages you see here, right? This is more applies to stage one of faith, right? That makes sense, right? Stage one of faith, you're just recognizing God. You don't know what to say. You just hear, you learn, and you're just saying it as you learn, right? Um, but it applies to all stages. So these on. Just because you move on to different stages in faith means that you stop doing this. You always engage in this complements all types of prayers. So, and we'll, we'll uh, go through that as we practice um, different, different types of prayer, uh, no matter what stage you are in. And these, sta- these prayers, written prayers, are great because sometimes I find myself, I'm too tired to think to find the words of prayer. So I just recite Lord's Prayer. Or I do the prayer of confession here we know. That we do it every Sunday. Sometimes I'm too exhausted. Sometimes I'm too hurt to say anything. So I just say the prayer that I know. Sometimes I don't have a time. I sit in the car. I got to go. I want to say a prayer. So I say this short prayer that we have recited. 
And these can apply in a lot of things we do. So we do that at Life Flight every Sunday. And the, one of the reasons is because Life Flight, we want to be church for new believers. Also, we want to raise mature believers. but So that what we do here on Sundays, it helps the new believers to engage in stage one of prayer, talking at God by learning how to pray. These written players, prayers, obviously there's danger. Like you can, we can lose the meaning of it. How many of you say this prayer all the time and you just kind of go through? Right? You just kind of go through it, you don't really think about it. So the danger of it here is that we can lose meaning of it. But there are great things about these prayers. First, written prayers like this one on top. These are prayers out of uh, Book of Common Prayer and Lectionary. Right? Reading. These prayers have been prayed over thousands of years. Hundreds of years. Um, not thousands, hundreds of years, right? So they connect us to generations and worldwide Christians. Like the Lord's Prayer, Communion Prayer. You know the prayer of confession here is what I made up, mixing like two, three prayers that are very traditional prayers, right? They connect us and because we hear these prayers and it makes sense because it kind of strikes chord with our spiritual longing. Like, these are the words that I want to say. So, another possibility with the written prayer is that it helps us to learn proper expression of prayer. It helps me to shape my thoughts. And it helps me to say what's difficult to express in my heart. And also, these prayers are very scriptural. A lot of them are from Psalms, Epistles. So, basically, we're repeating the scriptures. Uh, Eugene Peterson said, uh, most Christians, for most of the Christian centuries, have learned to pray by praying the Psalms. Psalms are great. If you don't know how to pray, the best written prayers are basically the Psalms. And this prayer provides structure to our pray, private prayer. Because it teaches us, we can pray about our things that we're thankful, things that we're, we want to confess, our needs, our praise, our lamenting, our sadness, our anger. It helps us to form our prayer. And same thing with singing. Do you know these songs are prayers? St. Augustine said, uh, to sing is to pray twice. Singing is a great form of prayer. I do a lot of praying by singing. So singing is also praying. So best thing about these prayers in stage one... Are, they're about sense of unity and continuity. And it's all about learning. So here's all the practices we're going to do. Any questions so far? Any thoughts? About stage one. Okay. These are things we're going to do when we are at the retreat. We're going to do exercise of writing your own song. <laughs> which is pretty kind of fun. In your own word of paraphrasing. We're also going to do a lot of singing songs as a prayer. We're going to do a reciting of short prayers. We're going to do daily prayers. This is a, um, it's called the Rhythms of Life by its Benedictine rule. Um, it's prayer in certain time. It's like every four hours. I am going to bring this bell. And I'm going to ring the bell. And then I ring the bell. It's time that everyone come and we're going to do our... Hour of prayer, not hour of prayer, but 
you know, the written prayers that we're going to do in different hours. And it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and we're going to engage in that. Uh, rhythms of life, you know, daily prayer, hourly prayer, weekly prayer, and annual prayer. There's all of that available for us. Uh, we're going to write and share everyday prayers. It's going to be, this is going to be fun because we're going to write and share prayers that are about like driving. Prayer of driving. There's like a prayer of washing face by St. Patrick. Any of you heard, have you heard of it? It's a Palm full of blessing, palm full of grace, palm full of... This is like prayers you repeat as you wash your face. And there's a prayer for like helping little infant. There are different types of prayers. So we can make up our own prayer and share like prayer for driving, like prayer for, I don't know, brushing teeth. Um, We can have some fun with it, writing our own prayers. So your preparation for retreat, for these practices... An exercise we're going to do is, you know this, memorize a prayer. I'm going to have a, a list of common prayers, a psalm, and you can pick any part of the psalm. You're going to memorize a prayer, a short prayer, maybe like two sentences or three. Um, uh, also, a simple song by heart. You're going to memorize a simple song by heart. If you can find a short song to memorize... And uh, you need to know three songs well enough to follow along really well, right? And know most of the lyrics. And you're also going to need to memorize a psalm. It doesn't need to be all of a, a chapter of psalm, but um, if it's chapter of psalm like Psalm 1, Psalm 23, great. If not, just short part of psalms. Because we're going to have those, that engaged uh, in our retreat. Any questions? Where do I find this I will put some put some on the uh, on the life list thread uh, as a link to some examples, um, but I also put up some links to the websites that that is uh, for the Book of Common Prayer, and that has a lot of ancient prayers uh, you can follow along. And the best part is just pick a scripture. There's a lot of prayers in the epistles and Psalms. You can also just pick a scripture and do it. And you can look through some of these what we had here and just memorize part of it or all of you can just memorize prayer of confession which is great right so uh, yeah good any other questions we're going to spend a lot of time on stage one because that's very basic Uh, we'll talk a little bit about stage two and engage a little bit about stage two uh, but the rest we're going to engage in different um, at a different retreat now let's move on to stage two stage two is talking to God. This is when little Jackie is grown up, he's 8 or 10 years old. He's more comfortable and capable to use his own word and his own thoughts and words to express. Uh, this is when we can actually speak to God from our heart, right? It becomes more personal, more spontaneous. And in this stage, if you're doing this prayer, like Jackie talking and talking and talking, and uh, it's indication that that the relationship between you and God have reached a deeper level. So you are able to do share personal things. And you say what you want to say until pretty much you're done saying everything you want to say. And then you just kind of rest. That's stage two is talking to God. Another form of uh, prayer in this stage is also journaling. Journaling is very personal and you write to God through your journaling. right? So we're also going to engage in practice of that. Challenges in this stage is um, just the strangeness of it because you feel like you're talking to yourself at first 
when you're doing this prayer. Um, it's weird, and sometimes you can pretend like you're on a cell phone <laughs> if you're, you know, out in the public doing this prayer. Uh, some people do that. Um, you pray a lot in the car as you're walking. Um, so it's kind of weird when, at first, but initially, eventually you get comfortable with it. Another challenge is initially you we are afraid on how will God react to this prayer. Like, what do I say? What do I not say? And uh, the sad thing is a lot of people tend to censure their prayers. And you learn to go deeper in relationship. You learn to trust God that God's grace is bigger than by frustration, by anger, and anything. So you are able to express yourself. So this is uh, applies to faith stage two. As you move on to faith stage two, you learn about God. You're in learning stage. So you learn to also talk to God, right? Learning to have start having conversation with God. And you can continue to do that as you move into even different stages. So what we're going to do at the retreat for the practice in this stage is we're going to do prayer walks. You're going to walk out there. You're just going to, which would feel like talking to yourself. You're going to do a prayer walk as you're walking you're going to talk. You're going to pray as you walk. You're going to do uh, what I'm going to call Brother Lawrence exercise. You're going to have assigned each of you doing dish work, right? You're going to be cleaning dishes, but it's going to be actually prayer exercise, what I call it Brother Lawrence, who is the uh, who's wrote a book, uh, Practicing the Presence of God. So you're going to be doing your praying as you clean the dirty dishes. Uh, journaling is another thing. And uh, you're going to also be doing drawing pictures, to demonstrate, you know, what you want to say. You're talking to God. And uh, and we may get to do uh, some further up. Um, it's called a prayer in chair. And uh, it's, uh, it's it involves more solitude and imagination uh, prayer. But it, it's also talking to God. And there's a way that, a really uh, unique ways to engage in this that helps you develop your prayer life. So we're going to do that. So that's stage two. Stage three is listening to God, right? Just like little Jackie grew up, and now he's listening more than just talking about himself. You know, people ask you, like, you you know, how is your, how do you pray? You ask people, how do you pray? And people can give you answers, but you ask them, well, what does God say? And most people can respond to that, like, what? I just know how to talk. I don't know how to listen. So as you move on to stage three, this is about listening because the mark of maturity is to really listen and today a lot of people even though you're in your 20s and 30s people really don't mature and they don't really know how to listen right a lot of men don't know how to listen because we're all you know immature boys until we get to be certain maturity right and girls complain about that all the time that's the mark of maturity that we are really able to listen so in this stage, you're no longer the center of existence. The shift is from my agenda to God's agenda. And shift is from my needs to God's mission. So this is a significant growth happens in this stage. Because you engage in listening. So you start notice somebody other than yourself. And you start noticing God. This is when we're going to practice and exercise how to notice God in our lives, right? In daily, daily, ordinary things. Um, 
the challenge, you know, unlike Uncle Benny, God is not really in human form and there in presence. So the challenge is, first, there's too much noise in our lives. Because to listen, we need to drown out all the noises. So we're going to do practice of like centering prayer, how to move ourselves into solitude. Uh, another challenge is we wonder if we're listening to God, was it really God? <laughs> There's a lot of crazy people that think they heard God. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about red flags and, you know, in, in the part that we're going to talk about noticing God in a uh, week before uh, the retreat. We'll also talk about reviewing. Well, if you think you heard God, you know, how to review that and talking with the community and mentors. Um, but essentially, we're going to talk about how do I hear God's voice? And you ask this to people, like especially, you know, Catholic people or monks, or you read a book, and I have, a, you know, some books I read, you know, God's voice is in the whisper of wind and and echoes of birds and spring, and you go like, what the heck? <laughs> and uh, we just kind of check out. And and that's not really true, <laughs> okay? So, you know, question, how do I hear God? And because the challenge is, we only think that God speaks in some extraordinary ways. It has to be like audible voice and some miracles that's happening, some visions. And that's not true. Because God created us and who we are, God speaks through. That means our mind, our emotions, right? Our imagination and other things that are available for us, word and prayers, right? So we'll learn more about that. But what's most important in this is the solitude. Next week, we'll talk about solitude and we're going to practice a lot about getting into solitude when we're at the retreat. And essentially, when we're talking about God's voice, listening to God, this is really important. Is the presence of God. God's voice equals the presence of God. And when we find ourselves in the presence of God, we are listening to God. And we'll cover more on that. But it's not the audible, extraordinary, mystical things only. Um, there are people who heard God audibly. I have heard God audibly once in my life. But that's not the only ways I you listen to God. Obviously, the prerequisite, there is a prerequisite to this stage. What do you think that is? You're in stage three and four. So the prerequisite for this stage is you actually have to know God. You can't be in this far in a relationship without knowing the person. Just like little Jackie knew Uncle Benny really well. So that you can sense what is God's voice and what is not. So the prerequisite is you have to know God having put in time and efforts. So this is a stage three and four and beyond. Um, you know God well enough, trust Him well enough, but you're still in need to hear and need affirmation. And this is the stage that's really uh, critical. Uh, practice we're going to do um, for this stage is reading the scripture. We're going to do a lot of Lectio Divina. Uh, we're going to do imaginative scripture reading and prayer. Uh, but... Stuff that we're going to do for this stage, we're going to do more in the summer when we go on the next retreat. Because you need to be trained in 
previous stages to move on to this stage and actually start in practice of this stage. So for this, uh, you are asked to prepare one favorite psalm, one favorite gospel story, one favorite epistle passage, and uh, and we'll cover more on the uh, retreat in the fall. Any questions so far? Lexia Divina? Divina? Lexia Divina is meditating on the Word of God, being actively listening in the Word. So we've done this time to time. We've done this at last retreat. We'll do a lot in this retreat and you'll get to learn. Any other questions? Lastly, stage four, being with God. This is where little Jackie has grown up, have long relationship and they would just sit and be with one another. This is where relationship and commitment is unmistakable. And being with a person is more important than any other activities. When you have reached this stage, relationship is more about just being. You don't go in and out of being. You have become being with God. And you just be with God. It's like married couple, right? Sometimes married couple doesn't really need to do anything. Uh, Esther and I maybe need to do something a little more. Like in our university, we don't really need to do anything. If we just be with each other, it's good. Right? Um, but it's not just being with each other. It's present, actively present with one another. Um, Esther and I went to a ramen place on, on, on Irving. Right? We saw this couple. They appear to be couple. Right? They appear to be boyfriend and girlfriend. The girl said eight... The guy sat looking at his phone the entire time. We sat next to them the entire time. They did not say a word to each other. And girl got the check and kind of pushed and guy picked it up, check and they paid and they left. The whole time. They were together but they weren't really together. So that's not what it means to be present. It's being actively present with each other. Right? So in this prayer, it's not... What we do, what you say, is not easily relevant. It's about being in God's presence and resting in God's presence. And this is about how God changes me, not what I say. It's not about what I get out of it, a prayer. It's about who I become out of this prayer. Not things God does for me, but who does God make me to become. So obviously... This stage is different than any other stages, right? It's not about talking or listening. It's just about state of being. So there's not much you can do to practice this stage. Um, we grow into this stage as you mature. So we're not having any exercise on this stage in the retreat, obviously. Um, but this is where we are maturing into. Any questions? Stage 1 through 4. Does this... Do you get this? Is it helpful to realize prayer? So are these stages supposed to be stage, stage one? Like one, stage one, two, stage one, two, three, four, yeah. And they're fluid, so you go back and forth, uh, but these are learning stages you go, uh, and you can engage in stage one and two anytime, uh, but you develop more, and once you mature, you begin to, you know, engage into stage 3 so you kind of get an idea when people say about different types of prayer where they fall into right where they fall into these stages any other question is this helpful is this helpful yes 
And uh, it'll become more clear as we engage more and I reiterate a little more and I tell you what we talk about next week and the week after is in what different stages and when we do it in the retreat, it'll become more clear. And you really get to understand this. Any other questions? Okay, let me close. Um, just by saying this, these stages doesn't happen on my efforts. We have to remember that. I can't do anything about these stages. Moving to different stages. God is the host and sole provider. I can't make this happen. There's nothing I can do. So my task, your task, is learning to approach God. Nothing else. You can't learn to move on to stages and be a better prayer or do greater prayer. The only task we have is to learn to approach God. So these stages is not about advancing, but how God is working in my life. And what am I doing in my task of approaching God? Because that's what we need to do. That's what we need to learn to do. I told you, God doesn't barge in. He said, here I am. He doesn't barge in. We have to invite Him. him right? So this is to learn to approach God. So, in these prayers, my action is not the center. God's activity is the center. Now, I want you to think deep into that. My activity, my prayer, what I say, what I do, isn't really the center. It's what God does to me. That is the center. And in prayer, I told you, we're all beginners. We're all beginners. So, we're not learning to pray. Okay? This isn't about learning to pray. I said that phrase before, I take them back. (laughs) We can't learn to pray. This isn't about learning to pray, this is about learning to let prayer done to me. All we do is approach. It's not about doing right or wrong, it's about letting ourselves, it's about leaning to being, it's practice to open ourselves up and be receptive to God so that God's presence will invite us and transform us. That's what prayer is all about. And as a matter of fact, that's what our faith is all about. It's everything done by God. We do nothing. And same thing with prayer. We can't make prayer a religious thing. It's about us approaching God. And when we approach, God will meet us. Let me pray. Father, we thank you that there are people that who can help us understand better. I pray that your Holy Spirit will convict our hearts that these are things that we can do and we need to engage in. Help us to realize our deepest need, which is to be in your presence. And that our deepest desire and joy comes from being in your presence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.